You're listening to an XM Productions podcast. Okay, Rachel, PG-13. PG-13. Why keep it PG-13? <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, time can we can we can we keep that please? Rachel, this is Prof Max speaking. You need to keep it PG. Okay. This is Rachel speaking. I keep it PG thirteen. PG. We're rolling. We're rolling. Everybody We're rolling. We have tied up Reese and he's in a corner. <laughs> We have taken over. <laughs> Moody. He's fine. D&D. He's gone rogue. rogue. Welcome, <laughs> friends. And, uh, hey, that's my job. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Moody and D. My name is Reese Amstutz. <laughs> I am your humble dungeon master. <laughs> and I'm the humble part, so now. <laughs> help! Help, guys! He's Someone. fine! Help me! Shh. Wow, this has gone off. Someone shake the that rain. paper. Back. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> hey, but seriously, you need to keep it PG. Okay. Sure. <laughs> this is not the most chaotic introduction <laughs> to this show ever. <laughs> Welcome. Mark yeah. Job, if you're listening, um, <laughs> oh, we're ready. We're ready for being hired for Moody um, for Moody, Moody Radio. Radio. <laughs> yep. Listen, we're just trying to bring a little joy and happiness to everyone's lives. Oh, All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Moody Nick Gone Rogue. I'm your host Rachel Sanders. I'll let the rest of the table introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Christian Majewski, and I, also known as Klaus. And uh, my name is Rachel McKelvey, or Prof Mac. I am living to my chaotic neutral status of that rogue called Audra. <laughs> He's no, no, fine. No. Okay, I'll take the I'm sock Reese. out of his mouth. I'm Reese. I'm the dungeon master for Moody and D. Like I said, you are listening to Moody and D Gone Rogue, where we have characters and guests ask questions about the episodes. Today we are discussing episodes seven and eight of Moody and D. So now, everyone, let's roll a d20 to see who asked the first question. Roll initiative. That's my job. Uh, I've gotten a 16. 18. 9. 10. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, this is great, and I, in the spirit of honesty, only have one question <laughs> It's okay. for these two episodes. I so. may or may not totally have listened fun. to episode 8 today in the morning. I finished When you it. walked up eight flights of stairs. <laughs> Honestly, oh I was God. listening to episode eight, and then the stairs came, and I was like, I can't concentrate on anything else. Nope. I stopped at four, and I was like, I'm going to wait till I'm not out of breath. Yeah, I also finished episode eight this morning, like 10 minutes before I finished episode so. eight on Tuesday night, you losers. Well, well you're the host. Good for so. you. <laughs> Solidarity, folks. So you have um, the most and best questions, obviously. Of course. Obviously. I'm using an iPad on good notes. iPads automatically make you smarter and better. Of course. Very true. And you're wearing um, glasses. So, you know. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> Reese, we'll just you're go. tied up. We'll just <laughs> where's, the, where's the rope? <laughs> Let's put that sock back into his mouth. <laughs> it was already there. <laughs> um, okay, I only have one question so far, and I'm just curious. Klaus, mm-hmm. there is an unfortunate and an abnormal amount of times in which you are resting, and Audra... <laughs> Is taking watch. Uh huh. And 
you are the first person to be attacked. Yep. I swear I roll for it every time, guys. I swear. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's just more of just a comment. I was like, what is this unfortunate incident? Like, I'm. Oh, man. So there are so many thoughts tied into that because here's the deal. Listening back uh-huh. to these episodes. Yes. The amount of gaslighting that Klaus does to Audra later on, talking about how she never helps and never protects. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. I yelled at it help is, and all the it things. Is, it is all true. <laughs> so I'm curious, is it gaslighting or does he truly believe that Audra is not helping? Like she's out to let him be attacked. Well, she has not proven anything else. I mean, even last episode, I was talking about that as Klaus he does not see you as a trustworthy person ever. Interesting. From the beginning, you were kind of being tested, and from the very beginning, you failed the test, even in the temple. Stealing uh, rings. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, because the first time he didn't notice the ring, ring being stolen, the second time he let you. Right. And that's the reason to have leverage on you later. Mm. And so as as Klaus, he, he, he doesn't trust you. As Christian, I love it. <laughs> because you're giving me so much material. Honestly, uh, okay, I don't want to talk about this because this is an episode that won't air for a long time. Oh, but... no, all the episodes will have aired by the time this Oh, okay, comes out, so, so in the last episode that we um, recorded, I believe it was 26. When... Uh, it would have been 24 and 25. 24 and 25? Yeah. I think it's 25. Um after however many years of knowing each other, that was the first time Klaus ever was hostile towards you. I don't know if you remember when I cast Vicious Mockery on you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was Klaus not controlling himself, and that was the very first time he was ever openly hostile towards you. Yeah. His words and actions are always dubious. But... Are we going to go with the word dubious? <laughs> or just... I'm going to go with the word dubious. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... So no, Adra from the very beginning has is just a spoiled brat in Klaus's eyes and that has not really changed. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just I was like, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you got attacked so much. Yep. So many times. And so yeah, I was just was curious cuz I was like there were a few times mm-hmm. where Adra's like, "Watch out" or like trying to aim at creatures, but then, you know, that mm-hmm. There's, Darn uh, necromantic. There's a, there's a reason why um, Klaus started doing light sleep. <laughs> <laughs> the reason you asked. Can we make a mechanic for this? I was like, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise I would have to start climbing trees, and <laughs> I don't want to do that. Well, that's yeah. assuming the things that I put up against you can't climb trees. I would say that Allosaurus Her? would have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I tried to climb a tree once, and it failed miserably. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, that's it. It was more just like a, like, I'm sorry, but also I'm really curious with the little bits of help. Because I think for Audra, like, Mm -hmm. there's an element where in her mind she's like, I'm helping you, but you keep blaming me for things that are out of my control. As she sees it, but you know, it's <laughs> which is fair. Listen, <laughs> I do considering that in in numbers, I was the next one. Um, there is a question that I had for you yes. in that regard. Okay, okay. we just need to leave the room, Maurice. <laughs> yes, they just need yeah. to bash it out. <laughs> um, so what was Adra 
and by extension you prop mac oh thinking <laughs> when you <laughs> let the velociraptors pass you when obviously the only thing in that entire hallway that was visible was Klaus. <laughs> no. I, Did you really think I'm that they... I was visible. I'm a, I'm I'm a made stone of stone. Next to a podium he, that next, a statue yeah. was on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So He literally could have just sat on the podium. They would have thought that he was a statue. Why didn't Klaus just climb on I'm at a rest? Um, no, that's just not how. There's reasons why he rests the way that he rests. And he set up all his rocks and things. But I rolled stealth checks, and they were amazing. (laughs) Like, they beat your passive, and, like, I rolled dexterity checks to get around the stuff. I was like, I... There's a reason why I went back to my character sheet and gave myself proficiency in um, perception. Oh. And I'm gonna be, and I'm gonna be like pumping points into wisdom. Don't <laughs> <laughs> with your perception. Yeah. Yeah. Take the take the observant feat next time you get it. Plus five to passive. Perception. I know. Whoa. I love that feat. It's so good. Nice. Um. So. Yeah. What were you thinking when you just kept letting them move? I was like, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> saying anything, but I was like, Why aren't you doing anything? Yeah. 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 So, Audra. Uh huh. Was. All they had been told was that there were these little tiny dinosaur-looking things mm-hmm. and to see where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. So I think in her, like, naivete was like, oh, we found the things. What do they do? <laughs> and not wanting to provoke any more, I legit was like, if I leave them alone. They'll just they'll kill just, Klaus. Yeah. No, no, no. They'll just, like, <laughs> they'll just explore and then go away. You were like, thinking they were like bees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. You were sleeping. I didn't think anything of it. Prof Mac, I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious if they would, like, which I guess kind of tied into Audra. But mm-hmm. I just was curious as le- of, like, will, will they attack if they aren't being provoked? Mm-hmm. Or will they just sniff around? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I understand so. why she did it, but I just wanted to ask the question because I remember sitting here next to you just being like, what is she doing? Why is she doing this? <laughs> no, I legitimately was like, I I was curious if they would do anything because we They'll- had just gotten out of a fight. I was like, surely Reese is going to give us a break. Nope. Uh-huh, and sure. then, well, yeah, that's before I knew keep, you as a DM. Keep, this is, keep believing that. This is, keep believing that. No, no, no. That. Listen, we are now 20 plus episodes past this moment. I have learned better. But then I was like. I am not kind when I believe you can survive a fight. <laughs> That's fair. One of my few skills as a DM is calculating fights so that you just barely survive them all. Also, I had no clue they packed that big of a punch. I would have done something. <laughs> well, he did roll a nat 20 with like maximum damage. damage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Klaus wakes up, falls yeah, no, unconscious. They're, they're tiny things. They do a lot of damage, but they don't have very many hit points. Yeah, so. had no idea. But you know, fool me once, so. and then fool you twice. Um, uh, oh no, you have an eleven. You're next. No, I'm nine. You're Did ten. You, oh, your thing moved. Um, I hit the table a few times. I see. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is a question for both of you. The first watch was rough. <laughs> Yes. As we've just discussed. I was yes. considering not sleeping ever again. There's a reason <laughs> that whole episode seven is literally just titled The First Watch. <laughs> 
first watch was rough. Yes. Um, how did both of you feel coming out of it, and how did it shape your perspectives on the, and I have air quotes around this, party? <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> party. Sure <laughs> it, was one. It is definitely a party. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Um, I don't know. I think for Audra, that was the first time that something attack like realizing there are dangers beyond being intentional like at this point they before then they had walked into rooms they mm-hmm. had yeah things done that were something, trapped right and things that could provoke it and again i think in her naivete was like if we leave these things alone they won't attack and yeah so, you don't get attacked unless you provoke right yep. right and so yeah that puts her a little bit more on edge like they've been cautious about going into rooms but mm-hmm. now it's like oh you're not even safe when you sleep and life in the temple had just been safe yep. you know i mean i remember i don't remember which episode it was exactly i think it was either six or seven sorry six or eight yep. um i think it was six it doesn't matter um adra does look at klaus and she goes do things outside just try to kill you <laughs> all the time and be careful where you go with this i have a question with this the yeah the the funny the funny thing is for klaus answering your question reese um that was just a typical tuesday morning like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like this thing just happened to get like there's a reason i set the trap in this one yeah there's a re- there's it. a reason there's there's a reason for everything klaus does yeah always yeah and and speaking to what we talked about last <laughs> episode of gone rogue for audra in her immaturity not processing emotions like there's definitely some deep-seated guilt mm-hmm. that she feels in Klaus going unconscious yeah but it manifests itself as like blame shifting mm-hmm. or like mm. ignoring it so yep. know that uh yeah it's been really fun and interesting because anytime Klaus brings up like you let me get attacked. Like, there's a lot of guilt she feels in that, but she's just like. There's a reason why he deal. keeps bringing it up. Yeah. Because he knows he knows it hurts. Yeah. yeah and he can hang it over her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And all and the she... other things he did. That's why I was also so upset. I mean, it was the right it was the right thing to do in the moment, but I as myself was upset that Klaus kind of lost some of that leverage in the last episode that we recorded, mm. like, yeah. like I was talking about. Um, but yeah. Um. I don't remember. I wanted to say something, but I forgot. Cool. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Yeah, you're <laughs> next. Toast. Yay. Um, <laughs> we kind of talked about this question a little bit, but I wanted to readdress it and just kind of go deeper <clears throat> with it. Klaus, how are you feeling about Audra at this point since she's let you been attacked at full force <laughs> by these little <laughs> demon things and then pushes you off Ima when you're trying to, like, climb onto him. They're not demons. They're velociraptors. I know they're velociraptors, but those things are like... They pack a punch. They pack yep. a punch. So little demons. <laughs> pack tactics oh. does its thing, plus multi-attack. Yes, it does. Rough. Granted, um, she eliminated the head of one of them. That one. eliminates the bite was, attack. Yep. Which is the powerful one. Yep. Yep. So, sorry. Um, could you repeat your question? How are you feeling about Audra at this point since she has let you been attacked by these little skeletons and has pushed you off Ima? <laughs> I feel like Klaus's feelings gotcha. towards Adra are kind of very clear. <laughs> and they become even clearer. <laughs> I believe it is either in episode 9 or episode 10 when they're having a short rest. And um, mm. Adra tries to confront Klaus, and Klaus just goes ballistic on yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You went 
off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember feeling weird myself because I was theoretically yelling at a professor. <laughs> but <laughs> were you in one of her classes at the time? No. no. Oh no. dang it! That been so funny. Yeah. she is my <laughs> faculty advisor now, though. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but it's a weird space to be like, this is my professor. And but I'm gonna is, yell at you. This is also the child who's let, who's let me get attacked in my sleep. Yes. Yeah. And so, as as bad as I, <laughs> as bad as I felt. And I wasn't sure if I was supposed to do it, (laughs) but I knew that that was the right thing to do at that moment. And that was probably one of my favorite interactions from all of our Oh, my word. When you did that, I was like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Shoot. Yeah. And so I can't wait for us to talk about that. But yeah. um, I want to be back for that because I have a question about that. You saying that's your favorite interaction. Oh, I intend for all of us to be back on that. Because I have a... We'll, we'll discuss that. that Anyways, we'll yeah, discuss yeah. that later. But yeah, but um, ah, I remember going away from the first couple of recordings, like I think the first two, mm-hmm. and seeing kind of the tension between me and Prof Mac, uh, or not really me and Prof Mac, but like Klaus your and Adra, yeah, yeah, right. And I was really weirded out because back then, in my mind, parties were supposed to get along. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then, yes, they are. They're supposed to be friendly with each other. And they are? Typically. Typically. But if you're in my campaigns, I run so much, like, it's it's weird how socially real my things end up being. Yeah. And I that's kind of... on purpose, I swear. That's now, and then I think episode three, so our third recording, which is episode five and six, yeah. I think was the moment where I started embracing that instead mm. of being afraid of it. Yeah. Um, embracing the fact that Adra and Klaus don't like each other. And there is no ground for them to like each other whatsoever. Yeah. And that just kind of continues throughout the entire thing. I love the <laughs> fact, especially in arc two, that no one likes each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that, if, if I can a little bit, since we're still, uh, since we're kind of on this, this was actually, yeah. um, it's one of my questions. Uh, this party's going to be the most unconventional concept of a party. Mm-hmm. And you two came into this as like basically new players. Mm-hmm. You like, if I'm not mistaken, this was your first game. This was my first campaign. Right, first campaign. Yeah. And for you, this was like your first game in a while. Yeah. And the we hadn't done campaigns before. We were just like right. playing right. a bit. And yeah. like traditionally, the concept of a party is like maybe there's a little bit of frustration, but there's not constant infighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this, maybe this says something about me as a DM, or maybe it just says something about the way that I. I, the way my characters, like my players form their characters, I've never run a game that didn't have some form of in-party fighting. Mm-hmm. It's never happened. Mm-hmm. And like at the end of all my, like I've got another game that I run on, on top of this, at the end of like the four-hour sessions we've got, uh, sometimes we'll go, hey, there was no in-party fighting this week. And then they'll go, no, no, we did this. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Oh, right. I've never run a game without in-party fighting. And so I, my question is, how did you guys, as new players, adapt to the concept that your party was going to be nowhere near a traditional, like, adventuring party? Mm-hmm. Would you like to go first? Sure. I mean, I have theories, I think, which I... Yeah, I, I'm cur- I'm wondering if it's because, like, you came in with a lot of... You, Christian, because no one can see me pointing or looking at you. Yeah. Um, came in with a lot of backstory for Klaus and kind of, mm-hmm. like, this is how his character is. And I didn't have as much, but I knew kind of how I wanted Audra's personality to go. And Mm -hmm. like we talked about in last episode of Gone Rogue, really, Audra and Klaus are the same 
like with the their egos and things like that, mm-hmm. it just manifests itself in different ways. And so or or at least very similar. Yeah, very yeah. similar. So I think that there's it's that clash of the same. Right, clash of the same. You opposites. You often attract. dislike yeah. the thing that you 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 tend to point out and hate the thing that you dislike about yourself, but you don't realize you dislike about yourself. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, now looking back at it, I can see a lot of similarities between Adra and Klaus um, on a surface level. Mm-hmm. On a kind of deeper level, at least in my mind, and I might be wrong. Um, Klaus is definitely more mature than Adra. He is older. He, he doesn't know how old he is, but he is <laughs> older. <love> <laughs> um, and he has had years to process the things that were happening to him as they were happening. And as silly as it is and as delusional as he is, he has a reason to the things that he does. And the reason why he dislikes Adra so much is because of her incapability of dealing with whatever is going on and her projection outwards. Because Klaus very much internalizes the things that happen to him. Mm. Um, As much as he might, as much as might look that he pushes them off towards other people, he, he's like, he's never blamed you for the things that you have not done. At least in my mind, if I recall correctly, maybe there was an instance somewhere where he blamed someone for something. But he, as far as I can remember, and as far as I've tried to roleplay Klaus, he has never blamed anyone for anything that they have not done. Mm. Um, even if they thought they were doing, doing something good, but in his mind it was bad. But yeah, um, going back to your question, Reese, um, just a little bit of a... I don't know correction or maybe backstory to uh, Christian as a character. Yeah. Um, this is not my first campaign right, ever because right. I've been playing role playing games since like 2013. Right. Yeah. But this is my first D and D campaign and first campaign in a long time. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I one of the poles of D and D for me has always been complex characters. Yeah. And once you create that. <clears throat> conflict is inevitable yeah. which is probably now one of my favorite things and I do <laughs> look for that in like D&D campaigns yeah excuse me and um, yeah I remember my very first campaign that I played there was already in fighting there hmm. because I had created a character who was very conflicted about a lot of things and everybody else was just kind of like running around murdering everything and he was kind of like why are you guys doing that huh yeah and so, so yeah, so, so I was not, yeah, I was struggling with the fact that, oh shoot, we're supposed to be working together, but everybody's working against me or against each other. Um, why is that happening? And then it took me a couple of recordings to actually embrace that and be like, okay, as Klaus, I am an island. And so I have to think that way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 What was it like for you, Prof Mac, adapting to like? Because this this was like your first like campaign mm-hmm. in any shape or form, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, what was it like being realizing that all the concepts of like? Because you had started watching Critical Role at that point, mm-hmm. and you had started in Vox Machina, yeah, which 
for the most part is a very like they gel pretty dang well and they're mm-hmm. like a fairly cohesive group uh what was it like looking at your adventuring party and being like because that was also the time that i had started saying like uh we should like we should name the party you know and mentioning <laughs> that and then every single session the infighting got worse and, and worse, worse and, and worse, worse. Yep. i was like i guess i give up on that yep. uh, we will never be one of those parties <laughs> right and so i'm like what was that like just realizing oh this is different mm-hmm. yeah i it just seemed natural for where our characters were yeah so i don't think i have ever looked at it as a bad thing it's okay. like this is just who audra and klaus are yeah. i do remember after our first um like s- recording of not the session zero recordings yeah. but the episodes episodes three and four uh yeah episodes yeah. three and four especially realizing that klaus and audra were very similar and like the the way that they saw that they could use other people again mm-hmm. in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh wow. I thought I was being like unique me as like Rachel slash prof Mac of like, Oh, I thought I came up with this fun character. And I was like, Oh, Christian's kind of doing the same thing. Okay, <laughs> cool. But then I think that that naturally clashes clashes. Cause if, have, yeah. Cause not only is it a similar approach, but it's different mentalities approaching it and different methods of going about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And like for Audra, it's been like, in her people and she's it's been very easy for her to get her way and then here comes klaus into the world who just treats everyone like they're his subjects and she's kind of like whoa whoa, this is my territory like what are you doing Mm -hmm. and knowing that most of the leadership is just kind of like we let him do his thing but he doesn't disrupt our lives i think again she thinks she's superior to Mm -hmm. klaus but now that it's just the three of them <laughs> yeah it, it realizing like she's not and like you said she's not as mature and so it's mm-hmm. just that uh i think that immaturity and the simul- similarities is going to mm-hmm. cause them to clash which is why ima is the only thing that they that that really holds the party together which yeah. is something that we talked about yep. yeah. last gone rogue yeah. yeah 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 and just maybe to kind of add to what i was talking about earlier i don't think that klaus is mature just to kind of round out ev- yeah. uh, round out everything that I was saying. Yeah. I just think that he's he ha- more mature. He's more mature yeah. and he has learned to process the things that have been going on in his life. It led him to a point of the only way that he can accept reality is by being deluded into <laughs> certain things because otherwise it would probably crush him. Yeah. And so, so yeah. Okay. I'm oh. done with the dice. Nope, I'm. You can leave it. <laughs> Who asked the last question? I think it was Reese. Well, I I piggybacked off of mine. Yeah, yes. your question. So there there was a second part to your question, I think. Uh no. Okay. It, it's for you for my next question. <clears throat> okay, cool. So it's back um, to Prof Matt. Yes. Do awesome. you have any new questions? Anything that you would come up with amidst this conversation? I'm trying. I listened to the episodes this morning, so they're all blending together in my head. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> um, it's, no, it's... if something sparks a question off of something y'all have, I'll just say it. But okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Christian? I have less of a question and more of a thing that I just kind of want to comment on, considering that Sam, rest in pepperoni, <laughs> um, is rest not in pep. What? Pepperoni. That's something I've said before. Um, <laughs> Never heard that. 
considering that he he is not with us physically and he is not with us in spirit either. Um, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Sam is here in spirit. Um, I'm sure he is. We love <laughs> you, Sam. If you're connected by the Holy Spirit, he is here. Oh, we love you, Sam. Um, I kind of want to see if I can get him on for the next. Because he, he, Mo- he works for Moody Radio. He's still around. Yeah. I see him all the time. Yeah. Um, can we just talk about Ima and him as a sorcerer for some reason barely ever casting a spell and always just punching things and running at them? <laughs> sure. Yes, absolutely. I'd I was I, re- I was so confused. This sounds like the- a 17-year-old boy. That just like sounds like how he was thinking. I I remember thinking like, god, dude, you have burning hands. The best cantrip that I thought I had at the time was vicious mockery. You forgot you had ray of frost. I, I, ke- I kept forgetting I had yeah, ray of frost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, dude, why are you punching things? <laughs> you have actual spells. You can do things. Listen, he used his spell to create styrofoam beef jerky. This is true. So that was a cantrip. <laughs> I have not listened to that one yet, so that's no, you, you have. did. That's you have. Way back. This is episode two. Oh. Three. Oh, three? Was yeah. it three? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Now I remember. I was listening to these four episodes, and I kid you not, Ima has run up to things <laughs> and run into things more, more often yes, than, than he, he cast the spell. Yes. And this is so true. You could say, like, for me, as a bard, I have I had three spell slots and what I thought, no good cantrips. <laughs> he had Firebolt and, like, access to all of the best cantrips in the entire game. He, at, at second level as a sorcerer, you have four cantrips. You have four cantrips. <gasps> yeah. So this, this is a fun little thing. I had. Fun, why fun am I not thing. playing a sorcerer? Fun little thing. I, a lot of people will do multi-class warlock, pact of the tome, and sorcerer. And by level four, you've got like 12 cantrips. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's my goodness. It's bonkers. It's amazing. But yeah, it's like I was just <laughs> so blown away <laughs> remembering how, like, I remember I was joking about him and like, I'm not joking about him, but like joking and laughing at the fact that Ima just started running into doors. Yeah. But I forgot how often he got into melee melee with things. <laughs> yes. Yes. Instead of staying Oh, my back. word. So many times. Like, and, and most of the time when he would cast Burning Hands, he would cast it point blank. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the funniest thing to me, because I'm like, dude, this is a 15-foot cone. You can be what? away from this. Yep. He would always cast my it goodness. point blank. Mm-hmm. Like and positioning like, yeah. was not a thing for, right. uh, for 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 Ima. Right, and some of that comes from the fact that uh, he only knew three spells. Mm-hmm. Like sorcerers know frighteningly few spells. Oh yeah. Like at level twenty, they know fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow. Fifteen spells. You from sixth level to ninth level <coughs> spells, you only get one of each kind. Yep. Dang. Yep. Yeah. And th- for comparison, wizards have ten more at level twenty if right. they have a wiz- uh, intelligence of five. Wow. Right. And that's just the number they can prepare. prepare. They can prepare 25 spells at level 20. They can know they, all of them. Well, not all of them, but they can know men. Like, base level, a wizard will know 24... 20, no, more than that. They'll know 40... 42 spells at level 20. Mm-hmm. And they can prepare from that list of 42 
25. Yeah, and that's not accommodating the amount of spells that a DM will give to the wizard. Right, in case they have the ability to copy it down or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ima, as a sorcerer at level 3, only knew, or at level 2, only knew three spells. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's part of the reason he cast is I don't know precisely what he picked, but I think he picked Burning Hands, Shield, and something else. And so, but he had firebolt. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know why he wasn't casting firebolt more often. I feel like he got into the mindset of I am the protector. Well, and he also like I think it was when he realized I'm 400 pounds of stone. Mm-hmm. When he fell over and crushed, crushed. those those uh, yes. those few remaining velociraptors aside from the one that survived that, I think that's when he realized, oh, I'm just a walking battering ram. Which is when he started running into doors Mm -hmm. in order to get through them. But he would get into melee with things way before that. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Like, literally the episode before that, when he was fighting the statue, he says, I run up to it and I go, why? (laughs) We're all ranged, like, casters and fighters. We can attack, move away. (laughs) Well, I do know at one point in the episode where we're fighting the statue, he made a comment about fire won't hurt stone so i'm wondering how much of that was just assumption that like his spells were worthless in the environment we were in instead of just trying and seeing if it would some of that definitely was i think his assumption because i i whenever he said that i was like you don't know that Mm -hmm. which to be fair none of the creatures you were up against had fire resistance yeah (laughs) all of his stuff would have been perfectly effective yeah but i think he was so like dead set in that that he just didn't do anything yeah Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why he did that all the time, but yeah. Also, the robots that we were fighting, were those monodrones? Yes. Yes, they were. I remember looking through the monster manual, seeing seeing the 5-1 that we fight later as Kizak, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks familiar. Uh, Yep. Yeah, so they don't look like modrones. They don't look like the pentadrone. What they are is essentially they're just Mm reskinned. Basically, everything you guys fought was a reskinned something else. Mm -hmm. So, like, the skeleton in gold armor was a reskinned animated armor. Mm. Cool. Those three mechanisms were reskinned monodrones. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's that's my question for right now. (laughs) Reese, you're next. Um... Yeah, so this kind of goes back to uh, you guys being new players, at least to D and D. What was it like learning how to play D and D on the air? Because we had a lot of situations where, like, I lie down and try to cast Earth Tremor on the door. <laughs> Still so fun. You know, things like that where you're just like, "That's can, the- can it work this way?" <laughs> what was it like learning on the air? Um listening back to it and kind of knowing the things that I know now, having played D&D for two arcs now and DMing my own game right now, um, I cringe so much at the stupid (laughs) things that I was doing. Um, I mean, I still think that that would have been funny if I was able to do that. And I, (laughs) I do not regret trying, but yeah, I mean, folks, kids, um, first of all, stay in school. And second of all, Read your spells. Read your Please. spells. Don't forget the soccer moms. <laughs> <laughs> soccer moms too. Read your spells. Exactly. <laughs> Read your spells. Um, yeah, I mean, it was okay, I guess. I mean, it, it. to me, this is never like, oh, we're on air. I have to do everything perfectly. Right, because we're not, like, there's no 
on air sign. That and have, even like, that, yeah, I just like I go back through and edit yeah. Things. This is this is an environment where we are just having fun. Yeah. And this is this has always been that way to me. Probably yeah. that's why I fly off the handle so often. And Reese has to edit things so many times. <laughs> yeah. Have I ever apologized for that? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Don't say you're sorry. You gotta keep going. Oh, oh no 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 no! It will continue. It'll continue, <laughs> but just know that I'm sorry. Cool. Great. Um. So yeah. So no, I've I've always had fun. I've always enjoyed it. I cringe, looking back at everything that I've done and just kind of not reading the rules correctly. Yeah. Or just doing stupid things, but yeah, I've always had fun. I mean, I do that too. Like there are so many times when you'll like say like you'll say ah you know we'll do something and then i'll say a rule and i'll be like and like now i'm like that's not how the rule works uh-huh. like there was a point in episode i think it was episode eight when you guys took a short rest or something like that or something happened and i had said yeah you get your inspiration back on a short rest when that's yep that is not true fifth, fifth level mm-hmm. bard ability and i just gotten it mixed up you know so. yeah 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 i mean Ninety percent of my life is making a fool of myself, anyways. Me so, too. It's part of like, being a Rachel. Yeah, it's, it's just... part of being human. Look, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, Rachel. Okay, sorry. I guess I'm Rachel. The rest of the Fine. world is eighty-five percent. I will agree that all the Rachels are foolish. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. Cool. 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 Um, I don't mind it because I, you know, I think there are people that maybe get too nervous to do something because they don't know how to do it right and yeah. so if, I'm like listen if I can as a professor who apparently is supposed to know more because I have more degrees can be on here and be like oh I've been working with level one hit points for <laughs> a very long Four time. Three sessions. Yes um, because I didn't know how to track my stuff or mm-hmm. I didn't know how hit points work you know I'm fine with that. I think looking back and even now I don't rogue the way I could and should mm-hmm. because this I just true. I this just forget. True. Well, I mean, that, like even <laughs> even when you guys discovered the double doors in that one room with the torches yeah. and the pillars and all that, I was like, by the way, you're a rogue. Yes, no, 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 because that was so funny. Yep. I just yeah, I kind of forgot that. One of your primary features is <laughs> unlocking doors, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh right. I'm the one to stick his finger in. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So I think that's, I'm sure for the well seasoned D&D players, it might be a little bit frustrating to listen to, you know. But Fumble I'm like, and stumble. Yeah. But again, I'm just here to have fun. Yeah. I'm, you know. I mean, to this very day, whenever I create a new character, I always forget that first level you get max hit points plus constitution modifier. Ah, <laughs> yep. And I always roll everything and I'm like, oh shoot, wait, I forgot. How many do I have to add now? <coughs> yeah. So, yep. yeah, there's just things you forget all the time. Reese, oh, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your oh. turn. I just asked a question. I'm sorry, guys. Um, since I'm not here to speak for himself, how do you, this is for Reese, how do you think I'm was dealing with all this noise around him? He was dealing with this kind of friendship that he's kind of obligated to have <laughs> with Audra <laughs> while he's naturally trying to protect those around him. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Sam and I worked pretty dang close together on Ima and how, how he operated. And, I mean, you can even see some of this in when he looks into the mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, especially when he looked into the mirror of greatest desire. Um, one of the things he mentioned was that he he mentioned, Ima believes that his greatest desire is to protect, but his real greatest desire is to be accepted. Mm-hmm. I don't think he saw his... I, 
I think I can speak for Sam pretty confidently on this. I don't think his friendship with Audra was something he felt obligated to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had mentioned that, uh, like in the session zero, that when Audra was present for his being brought to life, mm-hmm. he imprinted on her. That's not an obligation. That is a felt desire. That's mm-hmm. like part of who he is and how he works. And um, I think there is, of course, that internal drive to protect, but Ima was never just a robot. He mm-hmm. was never just a stone golem. He was still a being who had independent thought and who had independent desires. And so I don't I don't think he was ever ever felt obligated to be friends with Audra. Yeah. Um, he was uh, definitely sentient. Right. He was certainly sentient. There was, yeah, there was no doubt about that. I mean, he cracked jokes. He created styrofoam beef jerky. I mean, some, <laughs> a robot's not going to be that creative. There yeah. was, there's very clear sentience to Ima, and I think that was an intentional decision on the part of Sam to play with the concept of how does a constructed sentient being mm-hmm. deal with the uh, con- the contrast beca- between programming and individual desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as how he's dealing with the noise, the chaos around him, I mean, <laughs> there. I think there came a point where he's he's just a friendly being, um, mm-hmm. and his goal was to protect. And so I think more than anything, when tensions arose, he typically wasn't present for the tension, and he was there. And I think probably again an intentional thing on the part of Sam, uh, lightning tensions, lightening the air. Um, as best he could from uh, carrying Klaus on his back to uh, creating beef jerky to running, charging into every single room that he cannot see into mm-hmm. and has the fewest hit points and no strength. I think that was just I think that was just the way he was made was to not the w- the way Sam built him was to not be distracted or bothered by the noise around him. Um, but be as friendly and kind as he could be um, and protecting while he was doing so. You know, like I, I almost look at him as like staple Hufflepuff. You know? mm-hmm. I seem mm-hmm. like a Great Dane. Yeah. Yeah. Big friendly giant. Also, yeah. can I just say the through line of the fact that Ima was the only person that looked in the Mirror of Desire. Sorry, sweaty hands. Okay, I was like, "What's happening?" Are you so excited about something? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, can't see his Christian shaking. The fact that he was the only one who looked into the mirror of desire and verbalized that, and then like as he's dying, just that like recollection coming back and stuff was just like Chef's kiss moment. Yeah, and yeah, it was like some really cool unintentional storytelling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I don't have anything. Go. Okay. No, it just looking back at kind of all of the three of them and just kind of how their fears and desires very much converge mm-hmm. yeah. into one. And for Adra and Klaus, that meant conflict. But for the three of them together, that meant um, kind of Aima was the, I want to say, beacon of that because both Adra felt compelled to trust him. And over time, Klaus learned that Aima was a kind protector. Hmm. And yeah. yeah, and that kind of all of their fears and desires kind of were pretty much similar, if not the same. Yeah. Yeah, there's a part of me that, like, looking back on what happened and the way things played out, I am saddened, you know, to look at that 
and look at the way things went to to see what what your guys' party could have become if I'm stuck around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I legitimately believe it could have been very different. I believe Klaus probably could have learned to trust a little bit faster. I think Audra, you would have had a lot more continued trust, whereas his death resulted in a lot of distrust. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the dynamic of the way you guys operated would have been ex- like starkly different mm-hmm. had Ima lived. But I also think there are some new beautiful storytelling pathways we can follow because yeah. he didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think that I'm a dying was what had to happen for the party. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that hmm, I don't want to speak for things that did not happen, but I'm pretty sure Klaus would not depending on how the fight with Kuza went. I don't know if Klaus would have left then. Mm. But yeah, and especially now looking at everything that's happening with the party, I don't know if that trust will ever be established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you have a comment, Prof Mac. I don't think so. Yeah. I. I, I. Yeah. It's interesting to see what Ima has done and then what his death has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because even in the, like, part of what I played Audra as in the beginning, like her big desire was just for adventure. Mm-hmm. Because again, she I think she's a little bit bored, a little mm-hmm. bit yeah smarter than most of the people in the temple, and so started out super eager, and then I can't remember if it's in like episode eight because I haven't finished re-listening to it. Yeah. Sorry, but I I know I remember at some point saying that like I thought this was gonna look a whole lot different, and everything is trying to kill me and trying yeah. to whatever, yeah. and so like processing that. And realizing that she does need helps, which I think is why she, you know, clings to Ima even more of like, mm-hmm. this is your job. But also, you know, just that idea of like, I think yeah. college is a great example or like life after college. You think that it's going to look one way and then you're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, depression and homework and like ups and downs of friends and what like, yeah. and class, like just things that you don't know to expect. And so then yeah. it kind of. You can handle it a couple of different ways, and I think we're seeing the the true colors of Audra come out, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. not handling it well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think any of them are handling it well. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult thing to handle, especially while Audra's 16. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, most people, when they get to, like, the hardest elements of life and are starting to form that identity, that's college age. Yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's like, high school. Some people are a bit more, like, ahead of that form of development but a lot of it comes in college when you're introduced mm-hmm. to new levels of independency and all that mm-hmm. and Audra's hitting that way early yeah because like you said she lacks the parents she lacks any authority figure aside from legal authority figures mm-hmm. right so yeah. I'm gonna use that and I might just jump into my next question A because we're running out of time and B it's a good time to ask this so mm-hmm. it's for Audra at the beginning of episode 8, you asked Klaus, on the outside, do things try and kill you on a daily basis? How do you think Audra would view what it means to be separated from God in respect to death? Because once you enter the mist, it's like separating yourself from the community, from the temple. So how do you think Audra, only knowing that at 16 years old, how would she view being separated from God because of death? Yeah, so we're kind of like crossing theology with the game now. Yep. Yes, Sorry, I Sorry. threw you under the bus. No, 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 you're good. Are we talking Audra's theology within the game, or are you asking about my theology? A little bit of both. 
Like if Audra was put into our world? Audra's put into our world and okay. it's like seen as the same thing as like visualizing leaving the temple, going into the mist. It's not seen as a good thing. You're safe in the community. Like right. how Adam and Eve, they were told not to go eat the apple, but they chose to, so they stepped into the mist in a sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And repeat this the question part. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's a little bit confusing. I was a hard time. How do you think she would view? Yeah. Like, just being separated from God, if she understood what it means to be separate from him. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. I guess in a way, how do you view that, and how would you manifest that as Adara? Yeah. Kind of? Yes. They're doing a better job asking my own question. Yeah. I mean, I think she's wrestling with it. Again, I don't know if this episode has aired yet as this Gone Rogue has happened, but... Everything will have aired by okay. this point. Because yeah. so, this episode that you're talking about isn't airing this, this is Monday. Go- this is going to air in like... Uh, this is going to air end of July. July yeah. Okay. So okay. this is like, yeah, Trouble in Tamils Ford has already aired by now. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I think, oh, sorry, I'm trying to process all my thoughts in that. Yeah, no, in this. fine. Um, it's complicated right now because I think Audra is still in her journey, but when she was talking with Vitoka about how do they find it so easy to forgive? Because I think in the mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. temple community, she just has always felt like the odd man out. So the fact that they were so forgiving before the dungeon crawl was yeah. just kind of like, okay, cool, that's what we do. And then for her to come back and like feel betrayed by the leadership to go out and see some of the world and then to see how they like let Klaus come back, they let Bran into their community there's like a lot of anger there because she's like Mm -hmm. this doesn't make any sense like this does not make any sense but i think she assumes that it's just the oddness of her community so then when they go and they run into uh the token all of their community and and you come face to face with the atrocities that happen there by the hands of someone that you know right and there's like adding to her guilt she's associated and aligned herself with klaus and then to find out all that he's done there's some like guilt in that and then to see them still forgive him and like let him live mm-hmm. uh because i'll be honest like in that episode i was about to kill Klaus. <laughs> like if, if they had like left us our weapons or if i think if vitoka had responded any yeah. bit of hostility audra would have just started like the fight like it would have been yeah i remember coming back from the episode before the nebulous negotiations yeah. um and I couldn't sleep all night because I was just up thinking, how will I make Klaus survive? I don't want him to die right now. Yeah. <laughs> and fortunately, we level up, so I just grabbed a bunch of spells and different things. I got darkness, and I was like, okay, I have a plan. If anything happens, I'm doing this. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyways, this idea of forgiveness and, like, forgiving because there's a God that has forgiven them, which is, like, kind of how vitoka described it yes i think she's really wrestling with that right now mm-hmm. and what does mm-hmm. that look like and that there's you know essentially i see audra kind of on her own salvation journey of like there's something missing in her but like yep. she thought she was fine and so all of these things have kind of revealed it um so then if she were like plopped into our world today i think she would be in a place of like wow 
you guys are separate from God. That really sucks. I don't know what you do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's still not sure what she does about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does. at this point, I've mentioned the name enough. Uh, the name of Eados. Um, mentioned it through Vitoka. Uh, mentioned it through, I think, I think Rashik actually mentioned it as well. Uh, when you asked her how how in the world are you able to and I mean this is this is you know we're sort of verging out of discussing episode seven and eight and this mm-hmm. is kind of what I imagine the show will be a lot mm-hmm. is discussing both current episodes and past episodes and how that's interacting um, but uh, the whole concept of Aedos, you know that that whole thing is um, it's just interesting seeing you guys um, reacting to it and looking at that um, from the perspective of, um, you know, Audra trying to be like, how is this even possible? Yeah. This is so against the way I would normally work. Yeah. And then seeing a um, a, a questionable level of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, Honestly, when Vitoka and all of the lizard, the lizard folk um, forgave Klaus, I thought, okay, Reese is just letting me live. No. Nope, there is. And then, and then you guys have that conversation. I, I was sitting next to, to <laughs> Prof Mac, and I was like, "This is such a good conversation." Yeah, this is. And everything. I'll be honest, that was not where I thought it was going. <laughs> yeah, where did you think it was going? I don't know. I just it was one of those one of the things I love about D and D is just like you're, when you're in it, you're in it, yeah. and so that was one of those. It feels where, real. It feels real, and it was just one of those where it was hard because. Something was said a few episodes earlier that me and Kent had to try not to metagame. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we knew that you had done something to some of the people, mm-hmm. but we had to like pretend we didn't know. And so yeah. then when we like find out in game, um, it was one of those where I was like, Audra does not know what to, like there's just a whole lot, yeah. a lot of stuff. And so to, yeah, I, yeah, it, it this is a whole could be a whole long conversation oh, yeah. about a whole yeah. lot we'll of stuff. We'll have that when we get to the Gone Rogue episode yeah, yeah, yeah. on those yeah. episodes. Yep. So. Yeah. Do we have time for more questions, Reese, or are we out yeah, of time? Yeah, I think we can do them. All right. Awesome. Let's do, let's do uh, one more round for everyone else since I asked I don't you. have any more, so. I don't really have any more questions You're, either. She didn't have any? Your last question. Yeah. I don't know. Or last couple of questions if you have more. Is yeah. this the episode where we have the conversation about... We're no, focusing no, the that would be the next that's, Gone Rogue. That's, that's the next Gone Rogue. Next Gone Rogue, we're going to do 9, 10, and 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I do have one for Klaus. While in the room with all the switches and buttons and oh, all of that. that one. <laughs> how is Klaus feeling about all these options with beings you don't trust? <laughs> you mean with Adra and um, Ima? Because yeah. who broke one of the levers? Ima. Ima broke one of the levers. You don't know what it did. They guessed it was for another room. Mm-hmm. How is he feeling about this? Um, I mean, Klaus has been surrounded his entire life with beings that he did not trust, at least from a certain age. Um, and so this was nothing new to him. He got excited about the room because it was the control room. That meant power. That meant um, oversight. And so all he cared about is figuring out how all of this worked to subdue to the layer to his own will. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think you asked, uh, one of you had asked, uh, I think it was actually you, uh, now that we've found this, does this mean that we've, have we survived? Do we have control? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the mm-hmm. Kazadrash mm-hmm. hologram had said that. Yep. Yep. 
And that's why he kind of just started switching levers and doing different things because he really just wanted power. Yes. And that was all that was going through his mind. So Adra and, and Aima, he can deal with that later. Once mm-hmm. he once he has gained more power, right? So that was kind of the, the thought process that I was going through. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's so funny and so fun to just hear the different perspective like from playing in character because yeah. i think at that point we miss so much when we're in character yeah yeah well and to see like that was your perception of like what the lever room mm-hmm. does and yeah. i know for me in that moment at that point audra was like really internalizing wow everything is out to kill us mm-hmm. and so you flipping levers was like so maddening because it was like you don't know clearly everything is trying to kill us. You're like, these are all the different things that could kill us. Right. And you're just, and you're just haphazardly. And yep. then when those monsters started warring, I was like. Yeah. And for Klaus, it was like, obviously everything tries to kill us. Let's find out how we can kill those things. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. Speaking of infighting like that, I know I remember that being like for Audra, like another catalyst of like. You kidding this, me, dude? This man over here, this tiefling, what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> but then he was the one who initiated the battle, and he was the one who put himself forward. Because I I remember very vividly. Yes, you were the one Klaus, who opened the door. Klaus was the one in, who swung the doors open. this is in open. episode nine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it. this is how episode eight ends, with yeah. him swinging, yeah, 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 swinging yeah. the doors yep. open and seeing the, yep, the creatures. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was another moment where I couldn't sleep at night because I was like, oh, shoot, Klaus is going to die. Because <laughs> I just put him, like, forward. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, does anyone have any more questions? No, I think I'm out. Not for me. I think I'm good. I'm tapping right. out. If that's the case, thank you for joining us for this episode of Moody and D Gone Rogue. What? You can listen to the rest of this Moody and D channel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow the Moody and D Instagram at Moody underscore N underscore D. And while you're there, you should drop some questions in our Gone Rogue questions highlight. Once again, I'm your host, Rachel Sanders. Hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Please drop us some questions. Bye. Bye. Bye.